It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. Thanksgiving is next Thursday, but unfortunately, sometimes during uh, trying times, maybe you're going through something in your life, uh, relationships or work, maybe finances aren't so great. All these things, uh, they, you know, life continues to do what it does on earth, regardless of holidays, right? But as Thanksgiving approaches and you have these things in your life that have caused turmoil or pain or frustration, it, it can be very difficult to find things, individual things in your life to be thankful for. But being thankful shouldn't be a state saved for good times alone. If you wait till things are good and going well to only be thankful, you miss a little bit of what God's doing in your life. God calls the believer to be in a continual state of thankfulness. God's sustaining love doesn't change for you, right? In good times or bad, God doesn't say, oh, well, I don't love you anymore. Your relationship may change with God if you're doing things that are harmful to you or you're, you're, you're living a lifestyle that may be damaging. That may cause issues with your relationship. But God doesn't change how he feels about you in good times or bad. Now, likewise, your thankfulness should be the same in good times or in bad times. If you look around and you get caught up in just the circumstances in your life, you won't. You may not feel like there's much to be thankful for. But I assure you, there are things to be thankful for at every moment in any time of your life. And if you get into that rut, that that why me or woe is me or look at all the bad things going on in my life, you may miss the picture, the true image that God has for you and, and the things that he is creating for you in your life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So are you in that place where you can give thanks for everything, not just for what you want or what you enjoy? If if you get the attitude like a child, where the child's only happy when they get what they want, when they get exactly the, the thing they want when they want it, then you're you're being like that child to God. If you get that mindset, that kicking and screaming or throwing a tantrum in the grocery store or the toy store or whatever it might be, you become that child to God. 
your relationship has to be bigger and broader and more realistic. I remember seeing uh, on you know one of the home video shows uh, not too long ago, they were showing clips of the holidays, in particular Christmas. They were showing kids receiving gifts, and the parents were sometimes playing jokes on them or doing gag gifts or, or uh, goofy things. And then there were some videos where it was merely them videotaping their holidays, and it would show the kid's reaction to a gift. Now, if you're a parent, you know. It's not always easy to guess exactly what, what kids want or get the right specific one, or maybe they're, they have an eye for a particular color or something or other, and sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Well, in this video, it's exactly what took place. You, had, uh, you have this, this child receiving something slightly different than what they had wanted, but it was quite sweet. Uh, it was a, this young child opened it up and said, oh, this is so great. It's not the exact one that I wanted, but this is so great. And that kind of attitude of, well, it may not be exactly what I want, but what the more important thing is that this shows me that my parents care. Now, God, unlike parents, knows exactly what you need and exactly what you want. And they're not always the same thing. They're not always, uh, the things you want aren't always what's best for you. So God, in his infinite wisdom, will always do what's best for you. And you may not always like it. But being in that, that state where you learn to be blessed, in the place you are right now, that place you're standing right this moment, not just where you want to be, not that next time or if I get this, then I'll be happy. No. Being blessed in the place you are right now. Knowing that 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 godly promise that God will never leave you or forsake you. And it's... It's, it's difficult to be thankful all the time. It's difficult to be in that state of thankfulness. And I understand that. But the key is always on as it is on everything is to remain focused on God putting God first putting God above all all else is what puts you in that mindset of thankfulness is it difficult to always be thankful absolutely it is difficult but if you're focused on God you'll see it you'll be in that thankful moment Psalm 107, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Not getting lost in the circumstance and being lost in God is to know that God is steadfast in his love. That the things that God promises will endure forever. During each show here on the Jesus Christ show, I, I refer to all the time, all the time, and you've heard it over and over, that the tri I refer to the trials in your life as life situations. Now, we say that in the show because they change. Just as circumstances circumstances change, I want you to know that if these life situations will change. 
you must remind yourself that God transcends situations. God transcends something that is going on just in the moment. These situational issues and that he has a plan for you. And I know when you're in the middle of the pain, when you're in the middle of the frustration, it's hard to remind yourself of that. It's hard to remember that God has a plan for you. But he does. And the key to this this time of the year, with Thanksgiving just around the corner, is to find that mindset of being thankful always. Not being caught up in the circumstances. The enemy would love for you to be caught up in the minutiae, to have the little things in life in your face all the time to where you can't think about anything else. It's just about those those things. If you get focused on the little picture, you miss out on everything around you. And there's so much going on, so many things where God is putting blessings in your life or taking away those things that are cursing it. And like the child uh, illustration we talked about earlier, the child may not understand that a particular sugary cereal or candy or something is not always good for them. They'll kick and scream and be frustrated and mad at you as the parent for not allowing them to have it. But ultimately, it's not only what you give that is going to be the blessing to a child. It's what you take away and protect them from. Same way, God, in your life, God not only is blessing you by putting things in your life, placing the things that that you need when you need them, but God blesses you by the removal of things that are damaging or threatening to you, the things that may pull you down or may... Uh, have you spiral out of control down a path that's not going to be beneficial for you. And only when you are there in that, that mindset, only when you sit in the present and understand that God will give you what you need when you need it and take away those things that are, are not good for you, only in that moment are you truly able to be thankful for all things, not just circumstances and the things going on around you, but for everything. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, same time, same place, as I am happy to be here every single Sunday, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to go to the phone with your theology question or life situation anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Jesus Show on Twitter. Thanksgiving, uh, right around the bend. It's coming up quickly. Uh, unfortunately, when Thanksgiving is, is coming up in the primary focus of the whole holiday is to be thankful. Maybe things aren't going so well in your life or you're going through something. Then when you're in the middle of that, it's hard to go, okay, I'm going to dust it off uh, all of the ugliness that I'm going through and just be thankful. Could be financial things, relationship things, but all of that plays a part in where you are in your mind. And it's hard to find that place to be thankful to God 
when you feel that your life is in an upheaval, when you feel that your life is turned upside down. But God calls you as a believer to be in a continual state of thankfulness, not something that is is bent or twisted by the things going on in your life, but always is steadfast focusing on the things of God, always knowing that it's about God and what God brings in your life or what God takes away, not just the stuff. So good times, bad times, doesn't matter. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't say give thanks in all circumstances except for A, B, C, and D. It says be thankful, give thanks in all circumstance. We talk about on the show often about life situations, and we say that because they change. And I want to remind you over and over that they're going to change. So if you call today and we talk about your your life situation, I want you to think, hey, this is this can change. If it goes from good to bad, it can go from bad to good. You got to know that God transcends any of these situations, these issues that are in in your life. God has a plan for you. It's easy to be thankful when wonderful things are happening, when great things are going on, but about those those desert times in your life when God seems to be gone and the good fortune dries up, you have to be in a state of thankfulness there. So you can call them desert times versus dessert times. The dessert times, everything always seems to be going well, and you're thankful, but in the desert times, you have to be thankful also. Look for the little things in life you might be taking for granted. Thank the Lord for them. Thank God not only for what he provides, but also for what he takes away. Be consistent in your gratitude towards God. Remember, life is not just those circumstances. And and when you get to that place where your spirit is louder than your head, where you're aware that he is consistent regardless of what's happening around you, then you can truly be thankful in all circumstances. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday before Thanksgiving as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you, as always, to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, for our archives page. So please check that out when you get a chance. Just go to thejesuschristshow.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Jim, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. How are you doing? I am well, Jim. How are you? I'm good. Kind of. What's going on? Well, I've got a long story. I'm going to try to shorten up just because I know you don't have a lot of time. That's okay. I have, since 2006, been struggling with my faith in you. Um, and I know it's not the right thing to do, but it's been a struggle. I've lost my both my parents at a very young age. My dad died in 2006 at 55, and my mom died in 2010 at 58. And I've kind of taken it out on you and held you responsible. Now, within 
the last three months, I've had my dad heavily on my mind. I've seen him in the mirror when I, I look just like him. I've seen him in the mirror when I look in the mirror. Um, I've had, I don't even necessarily say that there were dreams about him, but I think he's come and seen me in my dreams and basically telling me everything that I'm doing right now is wrong. And the other day, I was listening to some country music, and the first four songs that come on country music were my dad's favorite four gospel songs. And it was on a country music station, not a gospel station. So it got me thinking that what I have been doing is wrong. Now, whether that comes from my dad or that comes from you, I'm not sure. But what I'm calling you for today is I know that God waits patiently. He doesn't give up on us. No. I know I know that you guys are going to sit there and wait for me to come back to you. But how do I go from, in lack of a, lack of a better term, pure hatred for the loss of my parents back to where I used to be with faith in God and basically giving him praise every day for the life that I have and not make it seem like it's a selfish gesture. Does that make any sense? No, I I understand. Uh, Part of that is to understand that, that the father is your father as well in the sense that it seems that your family has has all graduated to go on to heaven, and you're looking around going, hey, that, that doesn't seem fair. They seem too young. Um, but to keep in mind that that God is part of that equation as well, and that God is part of your family, and that you still do have family. In a, in a different way, absolutely. But that's kind of the first step is to understand that that still, that still exists and that still takes place. As far as the other part goes, that being angry at God and thrusting your fist to the heavens is not the antithesis of the love of God. Uh, there, there are a lot of people you don't talk to in life that you don't know and you don't care about. This is not one of them. This is a situation where you were hurt and you want to get God's attention in a very specific way, and you do that by doing what you do in a human relationship to try and get their attention. And I don't think any of that is wrong to begin with. I think it's okay to be mad. I think it's okay to be upset and to feel like you were cheated or um, that something's missing or that too much burden was put upon you. But if you're not in God's Word, if you're not reading it, if you're not trying to understand those things, if you're not in prayer, if you're just in thrusting fists mode, that it takes longer to heal because you're not actually in that relationship with God at the time. And the only thing that's going to help you uh, heal from this and understand it is being in that relationship. But God's not judging you. It's not like God's some sort of uh, you know, ex-friend or something who's going to hold a grudge and say, "Well, uh, I don't know. You didn't talk to me for so long. Therefore, I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk to you now." That's not the way God works. God's ready, willing, and able, and right there, He never leaves you, never forsakes you. And is right there, and all you need to do is need him, and he'll be there. No magic tricks. Okay. So the process is uh, one of honesty, 
And I know that that's a concern of yours. It's like you don't want God to think one or the other, but God's not reading your actions that way. God's reading your heart. And to go into it honestly, start reading again. Start spending time with God. Uh, You may never get an answer as to why your parents uh, were taken at the time they were. But as you know, there are people that didn't grow up with their parents at all. There's everyone has their their life and the process of that life. And everybody's assumption is that it's going to go to a certain way for a certain length of time. And there's no guarantees. So the the place to be is that place of of appreciation to appreciate. do Do you feel that you appreciated your parents less because they died early? No, not at all. Okay. Do you think you would have loved them more if they stayed longer? Yeah. How so? Well, I just I, I would have had more time to love them, I guess. I mean, I still love them, don't get me wrong, but I would have had more time to spend with them. So yeah. I don't think I would have loved them any more, but I would have, I would have had more time to love them. Yeah, more time to love them, but it's not like you would have loved them more in some sort of, you know, qualitative sense. It's just yeah. it would have just been more. And there will be that time. There will be time to spend with them again, just not here. And their purpose was for God, just as your purpose is for God. And uh, you need to go continue on that. It's it's sad and it's frustrating when you lose people. I get it. But you can't lose God. He's uh, He's got the keys to the understanding, for one. But also, the, it's the first thing you learn. You learn that death is imminent. It's strange that it's the one thing that everybody knows is coming and that it doesn't have a particular date. It's not set the way people think it is. People think, oh, though people live to 90 or whatever. There's no set date. Yet it's the one thing that everyone's surprised by. Can I ask you one more, just one more quick question? Of course. What is, I don't know the Bible very well as far as where to find things. Is there a a section of the Bible that will help aid in the healing of, the the healing process basically? Well, go go to and read. The the entirety of Scripture is there for understanding and healing. It really is. But if there's, if you're looking for tiny morsels that will be helpful, uh, you know, just to be able to pick up and read, I would suggest reading uh, in the Book of Psalms. If you go through the Book of Psalms, it's filled with uh, people in different states of pain or frustration um, or things going on, and still in their in their uh, their their state of loving God. Psalm three, for instance, is uh, titled "Victory in the Face of Defeat." So uh, it's often about looking for guidance in times of pain or when you go down a path that you didn't think you were going to go down to uh, through. And I think that that can be very, very helpful for you as well, just to give you some peace uh, at times. So there's a place to start. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And I hope that we hear back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From you, as you uh, kind of understand little bits and pieces, or there's... Uh, you know, epiphanies that you come across or you build, continue to build that bridge, feel free to call back anytime. I will. Thanks. I appreciate that. In the process of pain, in the process of going through these things, uh, it's hard to continue to have uh, faith. I will also recommend some non-scriptural books that tie into that. The Problem of Pain and a grief observed by C.S. Lewis are really wonderful ways of seeing somebody deal with those with those very issues as they pertain to God. Uh, you can find them at just about anywhere on any bookstore or online, uh, but they really are a great insight towards a godly person going through or looking at either academically or in his own life, the process of pain, losing someone and not understanding things. And and it can be very powerful to see somebody be honest about those things from a, a theological standpoint. Because the assumption is the moment you, you raise your fists or you get mad that you've cut yourself off from God, and that's just not the truth. It's still a very honest and responsive feeling God is still listening. It's when you shut God out completely and and you have indifference, as it's been said before many, many times, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. It's not caring at all, one way or the other. That's the place God doesn't want you to be. But being in a place where you're angry is at least uh, still in a place of, of caring and having real deep and authentic emotions, and if you're still, if you're in that place, that's still a place God can reach you, that's still a place that God can work with, and it's still a place of great honesty and uh, focus upon God. It's not turning yourself away from God. It's uh, actually focusing directly smack dab in the middle of God, uh, just with anger. It is the Jesus Christ Show on I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. Same time, same place. Talking about things that matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Greg, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, How can I help you? Yeah, so in light of the, the last caller and your last your last comments about, mm-hmm. about pain, you know, I have... Um, seen both in my own family and my neighbors a lot of pain associated with um, reacting to death 
and all the uh, things associated with that. So it sent me on a journey uh, into Scripture to ask the question, why is the Church so silent on this matter when it seems in Scripture it's very much a key part of uh, the notion of bondage? Uh, just three real quick word pictures from, from Scripture, and then get your comments on this, uh, about why our why the Church's um, mission and theology seems to be ignoring this matter. Um, so first of all, in Micah 6 eight, where it says, What does the Lord thy God require of thee but to do justice? And the idea of justice there is to, um, I believe, to um, restore someone's position into a state of, of freedom or, or natural condition. So, it's Wow, you, whoa, 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 you're reading a lot into Scripture there. As a matter of fact, you didn't even put it into context. It says the relationship with those things which are good, which the word is beneficial, mm-hmm. uh, that, indivi- that individuals act justly, meaning that their dealings with others should be just and on the level, right. Right. and to love mercy. Yes. Okay. So where it seemed like you were uh, using a little lysagete there and putting something into Scripture rather than taking it out naturally. So, So where are you going with that? Uh, well, the notion of that was just one aspect of a bondage that I saw justice is trying to address to restore someone's relationship to God and to to their fellow man with the way I understood the word justice. You know, it is derived from the idea of righteousness, but um, yeah, I was just focusing on justice. And then the next word picture from where Jesus stands up and reads from Isaiah 61, I think it is, where he talks about to free the captive. And then the, the third word picture would be where Jesus overturns the money tables at the, the door of the temple. Mm-hmm. And so this oppression of debt as just one example that causes us and our neighbors to suffer seems to me, in, in light of the commandment to love our neighbor, we should be very concerned about, not just debt, but just looking at that as a contemporary issue right now and and why you know why is justice and its different requirements so ignored or in what sense i just don't hear much being said about this um so that it's getting a lot of energy a lot of infusion into our leadership or institutions our lives seem to be based more and more on debt, and it's very costly. It's Oh, well, debt, I mean, Scripture has much to say specifically about debt and being in debt, but that comes from greed of all kinds. Make no mistake, uh, greed and the debt that has been taken on, uh, government or otherwise, is mutually done. There are those that are playing the part that want things in such a way that they over extend themselves to get them. It takes two in that in that particular dance. I know everyone, it makes it easier just to uh, point to the government on that. But really, there is a dance that is going on of, uh, that deals with accountability and deals with people uh, having personal responsibility for their finances, as Scripture says, to be good stewards of the, of the things that you have. And that in the, the totality of that comes the problem. It's not just one or the other. And justice really is talking about personal, personal um, 
accountability there more than anything else. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday before Thanksgiving as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you, as always, to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, for our archives page. We'd love for you to check it out. There's a video that explains a little bit more about it. So please check that out when you get a chance. Just go to thejesuschristshow.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Jeff, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hiya, Jeff. How can I help you? Hey, Jesus. Nice talking to you. Um, I've fallen in love with a non-Christian. We've been together for about six years. And um, I, I guess if I were going to ask the question point blank, to maintain my relationship with God, should I walk into the my house today and break up with her? Or uh, is this a relationship that uh, could somehow... Uh, work as a Christian? Yes, of course it can work. Uh, there's, uh, I think a lot of people want to jump to the conclusion that it's impossible. It's not. It's It can be incredibly difficult in ways that you cannot even imagine, and they usually creep up pretty quickly after marriage. Mm. Um, could be even more difficult uh, with children. Uh, children, okay. um, bringing children into the equation makes... Uh, it exponentially more difficult. So is that a goal? I mean, six years into a relationship, obviously you're a little slow on the... Uh... Pull on the trigger. Yeah. Why do you think <laughs> uh, that is? I, I think I've just... Uh, I think both of us have uh, probably had a few, a little bit of bad luck in the past, and uh, uh, that's more of it than anything that we've just been slow. And you know what? Time just flies. It, it's, it seems like yesterday, so... Do you know what bad luck in relationships actually is called? No, I'd love to know. Foolishness. Foolishness, okay. Okay, and so really, unless someone outright lies to you and misrepresents who they are as a human being, um, then the foolishness was on the two of you somewhere. So if she's had bad people in her life, it's because she's chose to. And if you've had bad people in your life, it's because you've chosen. Absolutely, to. yeah. So, and this one's working out really nice, and that's why, I, you know, but I've still got that. A little gun shy? Yeah, well, it's the, that issue of, of faith is still um, kind of bothers me a little bit. But you stick around. You waste her time right. and yours. Six yes. years of it so far. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I again, I, I just don't want to give this up. It's just too good. Okay, because, I mean, it's, so. it's, it's really a... a a tiny verse, mm-hmm. uh, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Baal? Or what has the believer in common with an unbeliever? 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, really the the verses that talk about this and and often it can be misconstrued. Really the concept of being equally yoked is being bound to an oxen of same strength and purpose and focus. Because if you have two oxen and uh, one is smaller, then you can't plow straight. This one's either okay. going to be weaker and pull it down, um, or if they are both strong and wanting to go in different directions, they're going to be pulling the plow in different directions. That's, that's the visual. And the okay. difficulty there is you imagine trying to build a house with another carpenter and you believe in using a ruler and they believe in organic measurement. Okay. Uh, well, I like to guess and just eyeball it. That seems like, well, usually the person with the ruler starts making the excuses. Well, I'll just double check their work. And I'll go over the. It just it ends up not working in many many ways. It's not impossible. I don't like when people say it's impossible. It can be difficult, and in in relationships that usually are selfish to begin with, a lot of people go into relationships thinking I just want somebody to be able to cheer for me or watch me do what I do, and to eat the things I like to eat and go to the places I like to eat with me, and that's not really a relationship. Uh so in this case, they, they can be quite difficult. You have to remove a lot of uh, selflessness, which is what you should be doing in any relationship. But now you're yielding not only to your partner, you're w- yielding to a whole different mindset. So you may say, well, I would do anything for her. But then when she wants to do something that it comes from whatever her faith is or lack thereof, now you're going, oh, well, I can't participate in that because that's not my faith. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a thought that uh, over a lifetime that somebody may come into my faith, is that a pretty poor uh, uh, excuse? Well, you may go into hers. <laughs> okay. Now, that, that, Jesus, I promise, will never happen. Okay. okay. Well, I'm just saying. That, that I can tell you. <laughs> well, that, then, then why risk it? Uh-huh. Here's the thing. I, I get love. It's a beautiful thing. I get connection and, and kinetic response and the sparks that happen. I get uh, chemistry, all of that. Right. I created it. It has a wonderful place. Uh, I just think people make excuses to do the wrong thing so much because sometimes it's easier or convenient because it's right now. And that's not to say that you guys don't have something wonderful. But if you really honestly go into it sitting down – and talking it out, how are we going to raise the kids, your faith or mine? Um, uh, when we come to a life problem that deals with X, Y, and Z, oh, I've had somebody call the, the program not too long ago stating that he's uh, married uh, to you know, his wife and they have different views. 
and that they've always gotten along and it's always worked out well. They've got four kids uh, or three kids and we're having a fourth and she was done. She didn't want kids anymore and she wanted to get an abortion, which is a to- totally against. He never saw it coming. wasn't something that had come up. Um, it wasn't against her worldview, but it was against his. And quite frankly, he called from California. It's not in his favor. It's his business, but not really. So legally, it was on in her uh, situation was she had the ability to make the decision. And that's not something somebody might think about down the line. And these are the types of things you, you need to ask Jeff and really make sure that it's that it's what you want, because these things will arise and you may see find yourself in a situation and you have to go into that going, OK. As long as you know, okay, this may happen, and that's that may be the way it goes down, and you may have to go with the flow, not her going with the flow. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy, as always, to be here with you on this Sunday, as I am with you every single Sunday, right here answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life, and of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST, numerically 877-465-9467. Also, uh, please check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. Button at the top there says click here to find out more information about our archives page so you can get the show during the week and not just here on Sundays. Also, Follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Sam, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, how are you doing? I'm well, Sam. What's going on? Well, my mother passed away about four years ago, and mm. um, she's from Illinois, and um, she's like Methodist, and I think is what she was baptized, but okay, she had uh, five kids, and um, wasn't real active in the church because my father passed away at seven. When I was seven, mm. and um, but she lived her life like totally, you know, unconditional mm-hmm. for all of her kids. Okay. Yeah, I was just, you know, wanting to make sure that that you know, I don't know how that balance goes to going in there. See, I got a mother-in-law who's a Roman Catholic, and she goes in the church like she's punching a time clock, but then she'll come home and and not not really act upon anything. Whereas, like my mom would give everything, you know. Well, it's not it's not a race and it's not that type of game. And I know that a lot of the different denominations go back and forth with one another as if, uh, you know, there's some sort of contest. And, wow, look how good I am. Or, look, at least I can pretend I'm good. Or, look how much time I spend in church. or anything. Put all that stuff aside for a moment, Sam. And I want you to think about, um, you know, who, who your mother was and uh, the claims that she made with her life. And... And trust God to fill in any gaps that can be filled in. There are people that are baptized and they live their life for God, and yet they struggle with the church or these types of things, yet they're still very devout in their own way. And there's not you're not going to find a perfect Christian. But you have to trust God in these situations. You can't know, but there's no reason, there's nothing that stands out in the story that you shared with us that stands out and says that your mom is anywhere 
but in heaven. You know, that your mom is, uh, to, to think that your mom is not somehow uh, with God, it doesn't make sense to me. So be at peace with that. I know that this is a question that comes up every now and again, Sam. Uh, someone will call in and say, oh, a family member uh, never really talked about God, or I don't know if they really meant it, or maybe they were in church all the time, whatever it might be. You, you can't always know can assume based on things that they said and if you know that they uh, gave their life uh, to Christ and they followed me and they followed my word and all those things then you can you can pretty safely say well that seemed to be the balance of their life that seems to be what they followed and the focus of their life but to sit there and worry about it at this point it will do you no good just trust that God gave every opportunity as he does for everyone uh, the, the best opportunity possible to make a decision for God, to live for God, and that in that decision, it was honored with uh, a ticket to heaven, as they say. Really, it's about, it's not about ignorance, and people get caught up in that. Uh, and I know it, it's really easy to make Christianity out to be the bad guy, like it's trying to exclude everybody, but it's not. As a matter of fact, it's really allowing people to do uh, they're bidding. If they don't want to be with God for 70 years on this planet, they don't have to be with God for eternity. But if someone seeks, someone genuinely seeks, then they'll find. And I say that uh, when I knock on your heart, on that door of your heart, all I ask is that you open it. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am... Your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm I'm with you every single Sunday right here and happy to do so. So we have a chance to talk, maybe look at the solutions in life rather than the problems. But that takes you being bold and brave. You go to that phone, you pick it up, you dial 877-HOLY-HOST or numerically 877-465-9467. If you have a theology question, if you have a life situation question. And then we can chat, maybe look towards solutions. I'm not going to promise you're going to like my response, uh, but I, I promise that if you hear it, uh, it'll give you a different perspective. So I'd love to hear if you hear from you if you have a theology question or life situation question. Also, you can check out uh, information at our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. You can follow during the week, during the show. I love uh, reading it. Sometimes it even makes it onto the air if there's something important. Uh, But you can do that at any time. Yvette, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi, Yvette. You there? Oh, hi. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's an ambulance coming by. I'm like, well, um, (laughs) Anyway, my, my question is regarding cremation. My mom has like six burial plots for us, and I think she's going to just think that at the end of our you know life here, we're going to be all wrapped up and all neatly stacked together. And I'm kind of not feeling that. And I was wondering, is there, is there a biblical, um, is there something biblical that's against cremation? Like, now, our, our Jewish brothers and sisters have concerns about cremation, but Christians do not. 
there there is nothing in the Christian theology that would have a problem. The the truth of the matter, and I don't mean to get gross on this, but the Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No The physiological reality is that all bodies with long enough time are going to look like they were cremated, anyways. So there's no. I think there's a comfort level for some people and they feel better um, when a body's buried. I think it's part of the grieving process and people feel like, well, they're still right there. They're just not moving anymore or doing anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the honest-to-goodness reality is they're decomposing. They're breaking down to their simplest form and that will continue to go on um, for a long period of time. So if you feel like getting... Cremated, so be it. There's so there's nothing. I'm sorry to interrupt. No. So there's nothing biblically, nothing. Because for a while, didn't the Catholics also have a? Well, there are different. There's different doctrine that people will, you know, adhere to, and that's really re- religionists. That's um, nothing biblical. That's going to say, hey, this will cause a problem because ashes to ashes, dust to dust, from the earth you came. To the earth you will return. There's nothing, there's no problem with the concept of cremation. There's people say, well, what about, uh, you know, there's different people that have different beliefs about the rapture and um, what about being raised from the, it's, it, God created you. God's not going to go, oh no, now the pieces are scattered. <laughs> How am I ever going to put that back together? Does anybody have the original instructions? That's just not how it works. So um, you're fine. If it's a personal choice, and it's becoming a more popular choice, actually, these days, um, then so be it. That's your choice. Cool. Okay. Nothing nothing too soon, I hope. Oh, no, hopefully not. Okay. Then you might want to write it down somewhere then uh, for <laughs> I, safekeeping. I to the family, and of course my mother has a fit, but I'm like, Well, okay. uh, respect that and ask her what her concerns are, and maybe there's something there. But I, I think they're – we talked about this recently too. The concept of ghosts came up and all of this. And, and I will tell you more than anything else I talk about on the air, uh, when I talk about ghosts and that, that, that ghosts don't fit into the theological structure of Christianity, people light up. They just light up. And I think that there is a, a there's an intense desire to not make things be over. Now, the skeptic could look and say, well, that's all of religion is looking for a do-over or uh, an everlasting or any of these things as well. And that's that's a very legitimate point. But likewise or similarly, humans are always looking for one more minute, kind of that you know, cuddling in the morning when you've got to go to work and, and it's five more minutes, five more minutes. Let's just cuddle five more minutes. Um, everybody's looking to squeeze a little more life out of life. And when someone passes, I think there's comfort both in the concept of ghosts and all of that, but there's also comfort in the fact that the body's right there. It's right there, and you can go visit it, but it's not. 
It's not. It's no. It's no more important there than the headstone is, or the grass, or the tree next to it, or they're all the same thing at this point. And I think sometimes there's a different comfort in going. Well, the body's there. We're all going to be together, but you're not. Right. And you're all going to be together in a rotting state. So a rotting state is not going to be different from a burned state, which is is a rapid. Uh, a rapid process of decomposition. So it, it's same, same. It's an emotional thing. So if your mom has emotional issues with it, then try and be sensitive to that and ask her you know, what her concerns are and, and why. But really, uh, biblically, there's, no, there's nothing to it. There's really, there's no offense to God uh, if the body's burned or if the body's buried. Ultimately, okay. they return to the ground. Well, it might have been that I mentioned maybe putting me in Tuesday's trash might be a good option. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you know why been. you upset your mother, because nice. because you are a dung disturber, and you were poking at her. Why would you well, try no, and upset her? No, I didn't do that intentionally. It was just kind of like, because I just feel, I mean, they're just ashes. I don't... It's just not truly me. You but I think she just told your mother that you wanted to be buried in a garbage can and you didn't expect her to have any sort of response. I think her, but it was the whole, I think it was the whole um, being cremated thing was what sets her off. It, she doesn't want any of us to be cremated. And I think, I don't know, I guess I should ask her why that is and where that comes from and because for her to just you know automatically buy six burial plots i mean was your mom a pretty controlling person um probably yeah i'd say probably too um that may just be her thing yeah. and she whenever somebody and and the reason why I ask is because uh, your mom's not here to defend herself or to make her own argument. But whenever somebody tries to control a situation, that means they have built expectations. And that expectation is now the standard in which they're trying to have everything fall into that expectation. And when something goes awry or something goes in a different – you know, a lot of times parents are upset that their children are, are uh, homosexual, not because they're homosexual, but because in their head they were thinking it was going to be a certain way, and this is what the child was going to be, and they were going to grow up, and this is what, and that there was this pattern, and it's because of their expectations that they're let down, not because of the individual or the person. I would hope, and um, likewise, you're letting her down, not because you're letting her down, but because she had an expectation. Her expectation is, you know, because what parent is buying plots for? For their the kids, yeah, yeah, because you're you're not going to be part of that family in the same way, in the same sense. Every family moves away. Every family starts a new branch. That's kind of the way things work. So you, you borrow, you bury the whole tree in one place. It's not going to work. So, well, so I was thinking, what about our our children and our spouses and our like our exactly parents? exactly? What do you do with them? But that's the that's the mentality is controlling her family and the structure of her family. Uh, people do this all the time. Well, we have to go visit our family for Christmas. And Well, what does that mean? Well, go vi visit the parents. Well, if that's the way things always work, 
then your parents would be visiting their parents and you wouldn't have anybody to visit with. There's people don't understand the cycle. They only understand that that little branch that they've created and they try and hold on to that branch. But the cycle is not built that way. It's built to go off and to explore and to do your own traditions and to do those things. And there are times where mother or father can be very controlling or they think, well, no, this is the expectation because this is how I thought it was always going to be. Not not ever factoring in that they that the children that you have are going to be independent human beings with their own ideas, their own wants, their own desires, and own own thoughts of how things should be themselves. So I think maybe your mom's plan is being thwarted a little bit, and uh, and she's upset about that. I don't think she thinks you're going to hell or or that God's not going to be able to find you going, oh, my gosh, or it's going to get mixed with, with dirt and and he's going to recreate you and you're going to be half dirt monster and half human or there's nothing like that. And I don't think she's no. worrying about that. I think she's she's going, that's not the way I set this up, honey. <laughs> Does she have a nickname for you? No. <laughs> well, she's going to make one up after this, I'm sure. But um, just uh, try, I think, since you already know what you want to do. Um, helping your mom understand it and being kind to her and allowing her to digest it properly is probably a good thing. Try not to, in my humble advice, try not to use the, the terms like trash can or <laughs> things like that maybe. Um, we'll, we'll keep her out of that mindset. But okay. theologically, okay. you're A-OK, Yvette, if you want to get cremated. I'll say bury me under a rose bush. Yeah, they, see? And then I will bloom forever. Reaching towards the sky, pointing to my final destination, which is heaven. And maybe that would that would rock her boat a lot less. Okay. Good advice. And now go live long and prosper, eh? Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling you, Vat. That is uh, a thing that there, – there's a couple other things going on there. Obviously, the theology question is the simple one. There's nothing specific uh, that would pertain to Christians about cremation. But there's obviously the little spin there with the mom buying the plots and wanting everything to be a certain way. And, uh, you know, often parents can be controlling that way. They even want to – when somebody's getting to the point where they're planning where you're going to be when you're dead, that's a little bit – that's a little bit controlling. On one side, it could be sweet that they're thinking uh, ahead and wanting to make sure their family's together. But families branch. It's the way they do. Again, if really the families were going to be together, then your parents would be buried with their parents. You know, and then the, if you have siblings now um, and, and they have kids now, then they're going to be buried. It just doesn't make sense. It's not the way things work. Families do split. They branch out. It's the way it works. And uh, understanding that can be a very powerful thing. There's a, in big families, I'm telling you, there's always a point where everyone's getting together all the time for all the holidays. And all of a sudden, people give, have kids and husbands and wives. And they grow. And then it's like, well, they're not showing up. They're not coming anymore. Because they're creating their own traditions and branch the same way your family did originally. And if you don't allow that, then it gets it gets perverted or muted or or massive you have to have everybody over and it just becomes huge and i know that's strange because it means for difference but that's how people grow and 
uh, commit to their own self and the vision of who they are. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this this Sunday before Thanksgiving, as I am happy to be with you every Sunday, right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you if you have a theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible, or if you're going through something in life, and that happens around the holidays quite a bit, I'd love to hear from you as well. The number is simple, 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. Find out more about our archives uh, of the old shows and new content, all kinds of stuff. You can find it out there at thejesuschristshow.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Steve, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Steve. How are you doing this morning? I am well. How can I help you? Um, a little background. I'm 58. Um, I had my my daughter had her first grandchild about 10 months ago, and they and up until that point, my church life, I really never attended church. You know, as far as um, not, just never attended church when I was a child, maybe a little bit, but but not real good continuity as far as being in church. Anyways, um, I've been going to church with my my son-in-law and my daughter, and um, it, you know, I reading through the Bible. Um, in like say Matthew, it, Matthew four, it says, "Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil." Mm-hmm. And the doubt, the doubt I have is, you know, Jesus is God, mm-hmm. and so why would why would he be tempted? Well, keep without? in mind, I'm a hundred percent. God and 100% man. People assume it's like 50-50 or something like that. And the only way for that to be legitimate, the man part would need to be tested and tempted. If you put uh, a murderer in, in jail with no other people, he doesn't murder, but that doesn't make him morally better because he doesn't have the option. Uh, there is no one for him to murder, therefore there is no murder, but it doesn't mean that his heart is changed or his heart has a dedication to uh, to the cause, the moral cause. So in this case, if I'm not tempted at all in the flesh, um, then, there, then, there, then I'm not refraining from anything, and then there's no moral judgment there. The key has to be, uh, the moral judgment, uh, and the moral judgment comes from being tempted, having those things uh, put in front of me, dealing with pride and the desires of the eyes and lust and these types of things, and saying no. Are you ready? 
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday before Thanksgiving as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you, as always, to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Ernie, thank you for being so patient. Welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Good morning. My name is Ernie, and I'm from Los Angeles. Um, yesterday, I experienced a death in the family. My granddaddy passed away at 102. Now, throughout the last four to five days, I was at the hospital comforting him and making him feel as comfortable as I can. My question is, um, the dying process was very difficult for me because of him. His kidneys were going out, and his lungs were flaring up. Mm. Um, everything was just shutting down in his body. I, my question is, why did it take so long for God to come for him? Well, I understand that that uh, question comes uh, from a very emotional place, and rightly so. Uh, as you watch someone like that go through that process, um, of decay and death. Uh, it's incredibly painful. Yeah, um, but you have to look at the overall scheme of things. Some people might ask, my goodness, he lived to 102. Um, uh, there, There's a lot of living in there, and there's many people that would love that extra 20, maybe 30 years uh, than, what, what, than what they got. So there's a lot of questions. But keep in mind that you are brought into this world by the pain of someone else mm-hmm. and you'll leave this world in your own pain. Right. And both of these, uh, both of these truths are to be seen in the, in their proper context. And if you want some specific philosophical reason as to why your 102 year old grandfather suffered, uh, for 28 days or so while in the hospital, um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to give you one, but or at least one that would satisfy you. But I will tell you there is always a purpose and there's things to be learned, whether it's um, the questions that you're asking now, whether it's the process of understanding that life is temporal and there is pain involved. Uh, there is also the understanding of uh, pain and suffering and what kind of purpose it has not only on the individual but the people around them. If... Yeah. I, I, this is not the first time your grandfather suffered. Uh, now, this may have been the last time, but it wasn't the first time. People suffer throughout their lives, and I guarantee a person uh, of 102 years of age has gone through a lot of suffering in their life and seen a lot of things, both uh, worldwide and in their own lives. So suffering is one of those things that people uh, kind of want to run from and it really is part of the process. I say throughout Scripture, listen, you're going to suffer. I suffered. You're going to suffer. It's going to be a part of being human. Now, the, it makes more sense when you see someone kind of suffer and then go on with their life and maybe grow from that suffering 
or understand it. When it comes at the end, it's a legitimate question. You look around, Ernie, and you go, well, what can be learned of it? He's he's dying. Where is he taking that? And the best way to explain it is that your life is a refining process. It is a path that God has you on to refine you unto the moment of death for heaven. And whether there was something more to be learned by your grandfather, something more to be learned by you and the others around him, is for God uh, to know and explain when you stand before him. Because the entire process of refinement and the, the if you look at and think of it as metal being refined, it's, it's heated to an intense degree to where all the dirt and imperfections come to the surface and then uh, the blacksmith will scrape the dross off the top and continue to heat it up again and continue to do that until it's as pure as possible. And life is the same way. And in that process, even unto death, that process is going on, that process of refinement and understanding and whether your grandfather could say it or not or was experiencing something, you don't know. It's, it's between uh, him and his maker and the things that are going on and the learning process that is taking place uh, goes on to the, to the, the moment of death. And it should not be assumed otherwise. Yet it's never going to be easy to watch. It wasn't easy to watch when he would suffer in life, let alone suffer in death, correct? That's correct. Thank you so much. You helped me understand a lot better. You're welcome. And you go in peace with that, Ernie. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, I think that is a wonderful celebration of a life. 102 years is an amazing uh, amount of time. And uh, to live and to touch countless of lives yourself, uh, 102 years, including the life of his grandson, you, Ernie, who uh, had to watch that. And I'm, I'm sorry for that pain in the sense that I understand what it feels like and looks like uh, to be around it. However, the biggest, the biggest part of the picture is that there's more to it than that pain. And that pain is actually uh, points to the preciousness of life and the importance of life and the vibrancy of life. Otherwise, that pain wouldn't matter. It only matters because life is precious and people are precious. And the time that you have here, whether it's uh, 70, 80, 90, or 102 years, is precious. And even in that suffering, I, I know the world is kind of trying to go to this place where nobody should suffer. But I say in Scripture, you will suffer as I have suffered, and it has a purpose. All of it, whether you know it or not, whether you learn it or not. The purpose in this case might have been for your grandfather, might have been for you, might have been for others. But it's all suffering has a purpose, if for nothing else than to understand that it will happen and uh, that God said it will happen. Jessica, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello. Hi, Jessica. Hi. How can I help you? Um, yes, I just had a question regarding my husband. Um, we've been married for like 11 years now, mm-hmm. and we have three children and occasionally he, well, not occasionally, um, it's been pretty often where 
he likes to, he's an alcoholic and he likes to drink and it's getting to the point where I don't let him watch the children while I'm at work. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anymore. And he kind of bullies him. And he's just a whole different person. And I just, he's apologized many times, but I'm just so set up that I don't know what to do because he's just, it's like black and white with him. He can uh, be so normal and then they could totally change him around. It's just. Yeah. Alcohol can do that. Uh, this, what's his, what's his alcohol of choice, by the way? Beer? Um, yeah, beer. Okay. And how much would you say he drinks on an average day? Um, well, re- recently it's just, well, sometimes it's once a week, sometimes it's a couple times a week or every other week. And is it the six-pack that he drinks? Is it a 12-pack that he drinks in one sitting? Um, maybe three or four. Okay. It doesn't take too much. Anymore. Gotcha. Um, okay. And uh, has he ever been through a program? Has he ever been to AA or anything no. like that? No, just through co-ordered, but he didn't. He just went because, you know, he had to, but. Oh, he's been court-ordered in the past. Yeah. And why did that come about? Did he get a DUI or what happened? Oh, yeah, he has several DUIs. Um, and um, just, he just felt like he had to go. Wow. So that puts uh, that puts you in a pretty horrible position. Um, what is yeah. your question for me this morning? Um, just your advice on whether what to do because it's just, like, I feel like he's almost another child that I'm taking care of, and he just takes up a lot of my energy. And Does, Has he ever hit you or the children? Yes. Uh, you or the children or both? Um, me, but, like, he, like, tries to teach him how to fight when he's drunk, but it's just not safe. Oh, I... Sure, I understand. Um, it's the most important thing is that you protect yourself and those children. And if you feel it's an unsafe uh, environment or you feel that he's violent or that he has a problem, you can give him the ultimatum to take care of it um, or that you're going to go. You you can't just sit there and wait till something happens ugly. Um, If he's a good man outside of that situation, um, then you need to do everything in your power to get him outside of that situation. And that is... Uh, whether it's an ultimatum or what have you, if if you think that an ultimatum would throw him into rage, then you need to get out of that, that home. And he has a, a severe problem, and it sounds like he knows he does, and he's wrestling with it, and he needs to get somewhere um, where somebody can help him uh, go through the process. But don't put yourself and those children in danger uh, because you are the sober one. You have the ability to see what's going on, and that makes you accountable to make sure it doesn't happen. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. 
I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. You can check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, especially if you're looking to hear more of the show during the week. Uh, That is the way to do it with our Archive Club. You can find out more about that there. Just click on the link, and it will give you more information. And uh, you can follow us during the week and during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Jeff, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Uh, I um, My question surrounds the purpose of life, I guess. Uh, specifically, uh, I was trying to get an idea. Life for us, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, seems to be you know a time to have a relationship with you and a time to learn lessons and, you know, learn the things that we need to mature and handle life situations uh, effect- effectively. And uh, uh, I guess the question for me comes up, what happens to people that die early? Because if that's kind of the purpose of life, what happens with them when they're when they don't have that kind of an opportunity? And um, is that knowledge just imparted to them or uh, do they have to go through something later to kind of learn the lessons that we learn to become more mature Christians and be able to, to uh, you know, because afterlife is supposed to be perfect. So obviously the people at that time, you know, probably respond to things a lot better than they do here on, you know, here on earth. That's a great question. That's a question. And there, there, there's different uh, theories. I love the way you think, though, the way you structured that question. Um, I think is is the proper way to come about it. And um, but think of it this way: um, not everybody needs the same amount of training. Let's say you go to a gym, um, and physically, there's going to be some people that need to work harder to get the same results as somebody uh, who's genetically predisposed uh, and has the ability to go in there and really tighten their body up quickly. Right. So people are at different levels physically. Correct. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, people are at different levels spiritually as well. And so someone may need uh, the time that it takes to go through um, all of the you know learning situations, all the things that you mentioned here on earth, uh, and some may need less. That is one theory. When we return, I'll tell you some more. It is the Jesus Christ Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always so much better when you're here with us as we're here with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. We have just a little bit of time. If you do have a question, uh, I don't know that we'll be able to get to it, so I won't give the phone numbers. We'll deal with what we have on the board right now. We were actually chatting with uh, Jeff. He was asking about... Uh, people that die early, if life is about progressing, learning, understanding, um, then if someone dies early, what does that mean? Um, so you're back with us, Jeff? I am. Thank you. So the the first one I shared with you is one of the theories uh, that the belief is, as I talked about, um, different people with physical ability going to a gym. There are some that are, are, are going to get built more quickly, and there are some that are going to take longer. 
And there are those that theorize that someone that gets taken early doesn't need as much time here. And then there's people that poo-poo that. And um, quite honestly, it is the belief of this program that it's about being accountable for the time that you have, not having enough time to become accountable. So if somebody gets taken early, it's about what they do with that information of that time. Obviously, if they're very, very young, they're not conflicting with any of those things, but they're also not stepping in the same traps that pull them away from God in the same way, in the same sense. Younger people are more uh, adaptive and connected to God than people who become cynical or go through different stages of their life as they get older. So um, in that sense, I think as a big picture thing, that there are those that uh, it's really about where you are, being accountable for where you are in that moment rather than, gosh, if I only had 10 more days, I could get this right. That's not that's not what you're being uh, judged against. So everyone has their uh, the, the lessons that they need to know or the things that they need to do, know. And for however long you live, you're going to be going through different lessons. But that doesn't mean if you have a shorter life, you're not getting lessons or understanding or connecting with God in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Well, it seems like there'd be a, a difference there because young people say if they were eight years old, wouldn't be learning things that they need to learn. And you would have to do that to have a, a the perfection that heaven is supposed to be or, or life here on earth. You would have to have some sort of way of learning to be able to respond uh, in a different way. Or maybe I'm just not understanding what heaven no, is. No, an eight-year-old doesn't have the conflict either. The, the eight-year-old is not going up against all of the philosophical conflicts with the concept they believe. Uh, there's a, a, a wonderful magician who was a friend of the show. He passed away, and his name was uh, Dean Dill. And he was a beautiful man and a Christian. And he taught magic to all kinds of people, including people like Johnny Carson and the like, and was believed to be a, a magician's magician and did parties and all kinds of things like that. And he was asked to do a, a party for a five-year-old one time. And in a conversation with my producer, Neil, uh, he said that he turned it down. My producer, Neil, asked him why. And he said, because at five, everything's already magic. The kids kids aren't surprised because everything's already magical. There, there hasn't been any cynicism. There hasn't been anything that has pressed through their life to change that from who they are. So they're already in that state. So the process of learning on this earth is an important one, but it's also learning about love and connectivity and things like that. And that comes in different stages and different ways for different people. And it doesn't mean that if you're here till 80 years that there's still things you need to learn to get into heaven. What it means is as long as you're on this planet, you should be learning. It's not like you graduate, you pass. I know we talk about that. My producer Neil even used that term that someone graduates to heaven. That's that next step. But it's not about fulfilling a number of classes or things like that. That's not what it's about at all. It's about however long you're here to continue to learn and connect with God throughout these things. Heaven is going to be a different place in a different way. But God, the, the belief is, is if you are connecting with God in this world, with everything pulling you away, that you will get a clear picture and a connection with God and uh, when you're in heaven. 
but those things are individual and different based on uh, you know the, the the person that's going through them. So it don't think of it as you know a syllabus and a class, and you've got to check. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These certain things off. If you're alive at a certain time in your life, yes, you should be doing those things. But you don't need them to be a whole person in any way, shape, or form. So somebody that passes away younger um, are still a whole person in every, in every way, shape, or form and have been tested in one way or another uh, to, sh- to show their beliefs or their understanding. It's about – remember, it's about acceptance or rejection. It's not about ignorance. Um, so it's about being accountable for what you do know, uh, not for what you don't know. Pam, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Um, this question is bigger than myself. <laughs> I'll do my best to ask it. Um, I'm a little naive in the in the word, but I, I'm a big believer in you. So um, my question is, how does the possibility of life on, in other um, galaxies work in with the scripture of God created the heavens and the earth. Um, I mean, because there's science and there's God's word, you know, evolution. I, it just that whole area can kind of confuses me, and it's interesting at the same time. Kind of get a sense of what I'm asking. <laughs> so, you are about life on other planets, or about well, like how does how does it figure into scripture and um, working with the theory of evolution versus God creating the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said science is perfect, but scientists aren't. And I like the science idea of evolution. Yeah. But I'm also in the belief that God created the heavens and the earth. Well, there's... How would I explain there's, something else? You there's know? mishmash. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff that people tie together. There is something called theistic evolution. Okay. Um, uh, this show doesn't focus a whole lot on that. Uh, my producer, Neil, is not a, a huge fan of it because you have to understand there's a – evolution is is a theory. And I know that you'll get some people now going, oh, yeah, but theoretically, blah, blah, blah. I say that because there is not one form of evolution. There's not a, an agreement that scientists have come to. There are parts of it that they have come to and, and that they believe took place, but there isn't one theory of evolution. And most – your average everyday person is ignorant of that. They use the term and they don't usually even know what it means. Uh, there are many theories as to what took place, how it took place, why it took place, where it took mm-hmm. place. So – and you're dealing with special and general types of – um, evolution. So don't get confused. Don't confuse adaptation with evolution. Okay. Adaptation is that within its own kind, things can change. 
Uh, for instance, if you put uh, humans in a cave and they lived in the darkness, they would ed- adapt by modifying uh, the ability of their skin. You know, the skin, they would l- lose the melanin or it would be, go to very um, uh, small levels. Um, their eyes would probably glaze over, the muscles would weaken, and they wouldn't use them or need them anymore. Um, so there's things where, you know, you see this in skin color. There's only one color of skin. There's only one color of humanity and that's melanin. And there are people with more of it and people with less of it, but there's only one color. There's only one true race, uh, the human race. Um, and any modifications of nose, eyelids, hair, things like that are, are adaptations. They're not evolutionary breaks. There's no group that's less than or better than evolutionarily in humanity. There's adaptations within that great group uh, for areas. Uh, the Inuit people will have a little more fatty tissue above their eyes to keep them warm in, uh, in very cold environments, things like that. That's adaptation. Evolution is if one thing jumps a kind or a phylum and becomes something else, um, and that's a whole different thing. So there, there's, there's no Christian, or there shouldn't be, that doesn't believe in adaptation. That would be silly. Uh, people adapt all the time. But within uh, different phylums or jumping or branching from one place, you know, uh, single-celled, uh, uh, you know, amoeba jumping to uh, becoming a fish, becoming a turtle, uh, becoming a lizard, becoming a human – uh, that's a, a, a different concept. So it depends where you land on that and what your belief is of that. Um, as I said, I think it's once every five years there is a uh, a council of sort where scientists get together to discuss um, the concept of evolution. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that they have landed completely on and this is like this is the model – it changes. The original model by Charles Darwin does not exist. It never exists, never panned out. So there's different models that are based on that throughout the years. And it depends what what you land on as to um, whether it would fit in Scripture. Some of it fits absolutely. Um, But in Genesis, when it talks about creation, it's talking about building or creating animals unto their kind, which means they wouldn't cross phylums. So that there's a hard place to bring that into scripture. Um, but there are other adaptations and things like that that wouldn't conflict with scripture in any way, shape, or form. Okay. So life on other planets, if that were to be true. Now, life on other planets is a different story because now okay. you get into the problem of salvation. So mm-hmm. right. uh, because I came and I even said I'm glad that I came as a human and not as an angel um, because I'm here to uh, redeem mankind, right? So okay. now you would have the problem if life was on other planets, it, is it human? If it's human, is it sinful? If it's not sinful, why? If it is sinful, then it needs to be redeemed. If it needs to be redeemed, now how is it going to be redeemed? Uh, do I go to every planet and become like them to redeem them? and die on a cross or somehow on every single planet? Um, Did my death on this planet cover other planets? 
There's it opens up a lot of questions that are, I think, highly problematic for Christianity. And yeah. if they found life like humanity, not just well, it looks like there's some, you know, watermarks on this planet, <laughs> but real, genuine life. Hello, how are you? Take me to your leader. Life. Um, there could be significant problems with Christianity. And I know a lot of people don't want to face that, and a lot of people that love our buddy George Norrie and all that might think differently, but um, that's that's the theological reality. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I know that uh, on talk radio you hear all kinds of things throughout the week. They can bring you down or be heavy stuff. But I hope this show is a respite, a place where you can gather sanctuary for your thoughts and for ideas uh, of growth and uh, inspiration. And I just ask one thing of you. I ask this of you during this time of year to focus in on on each other. And I don't mean just your immediate family, but your neighbors and the people around you. And find that, that time, that place of courtesy. Like go above and beyond to be courteous to each other, whether it's on the roads or at the grocery store, whatever it is. Do just a little bit extra and show those lines of hope and those those opportunities to say, hey, we're all in this together, right? As humans, you need to connect with one another and to, to show that love to one another. God sees that. God wants you to do it. God asks you to count all things joy. James 1, 2, consider it pure joy. Whenever, whenever you face trials, I know you're going through things now. First Thessalonians 5.18, to give thanks in all circumstance and to find that peace during the holiday season, no matter which holiday you may be celebrating, to find that peace, uh, to be a conduit of joy and happiness and hope. And in that, and in that hope, it spreads, I assure you, like a wildfire. Bringing people peace, pointing them in a direction, helping them out somewhere, whatever it may be, go the extra mile, push forward, doing things. And that's what brings consistency and happiness. Every single individual coming together and saying, hey, I'm going to look out for you. You look out for me. I'm going to help you out. You help me. And being there for each other. It's as corny as it may seem. I know you hear a lot of people yelling and screaming into this very microphone. But I will tell you that what I'm telling you now is at the center of it all. How you treat one another and how you produce and perpetuate hope. That's the only thing that's going to help. Otherwise, you can scream till you're red in the face. Nothing's going to change. So do that. Find ways to to help people, uh, to do nice things, to be kind, to reassure people, to be loving, no matter who they are, 
agree or disagree, any of that stuff, and the world will be a better place, I assure you. And uh, remember these simple words. I am with you always. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.